The, I know the Nuggets had nine days off between the Western Conference Finals game one and the NBA Finals. Doesn't it feel like it's been even longer between the last hockey game that we saw to this point now? It just feels like it's been even longer. Maybe because the Heat went seven games with the Celtics. I just feel like we've been we've been just waiting three weeks for this. It's because the Panthers have been hotter than Farrah Fawcett in a forest fire, my guy. The Panthers have won 11 of their last 12 games, and they're coming off another sweep. So it feels like, yeah, I mean, they've been just waiting to see who's going to end up winning that Stars night series. And now we know that it ends up being Vegas, who's actually the favorite to win the whole thing. How long have you been waiting to use that Farrah Fawcett line? All day. Well, yeah, all day. (laughs) That's good. I'm glad you got it in. That's most important is that you were able to put that out there. Got that off my chest. (laughs) Lindsey Brown's an NHL analyst and radio personality. Jumps on with us now. And I want to start with Sergei Bobrovsky, who's just really been dominating the net for Florida. We talk. I mean, like, you can't make this type of run if you don't have a goaltender that gets hot. We've just seen this time and time again in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, you know, it's interesting. I actually look at him. He's the favorite to win the Conn Smythe. Uh, But Florida is obviously not the favorite to win the Stanley Cup title. Now, if I was going to bet and back Florida, I'd look and say, well, you're going to need Bobrovsky to stand on his head and play lights out the entire series for them to win. So for me, the better bet would be, hey, Bobrovsky win the Conn Smythe. I don't need to necessarily bet on Florida. But I I assume in your mind as well, uh, it's got to be Bobrovsky for Florida to have a shot in this, right? Yeah, for sure. You're totally right in terms of, of the importance of the netminder and, and a team that gets this far having uh, a little bit of a, of a soul snatcher, I like to call him, because it's a little <laughs> bit different for Vegas. But, and, but with Sergey, you know, he wasn't the starter when the, these playoffs started. And he played or he, he signed a huge contract, you know, three, four, five years ago for 10 plus million dollars and he hasn't really lived up to it but he stepped in during that Boston series they were able to come back from a three to one deficit and he's just such an aggressive net miner like when he's on he's a top five guy in the league bar none but it's always consistency and it's always can he stay uh you know within his post he, he can really get outside of the crease he can get a little bit too chasey towards the puck but I, I like your rationality in terms of, of picking him for a conference if you're looking to make a little bit of a, of a long shot because the last time a, a, a player on the losing team won con Smythe was in 2003 and that was with the Anaheim Ducks with John Sebastian Jaguar and so uh, if they're going to get it done he's going to need to be masterful but this is a very prolific Vegas Golden Knights team they can roll all four lines they have one of the best defensive cores in the league and so I think for Vegas it's about trapping uh, Florida in their defensive zone as long as possible for checking the hell out of them and, and getting those low to high plays going that can certainly challenge Bobrovsky but not as much as it would pass as going east to west side to side and so we'll, we'll see how they attack him through the first couple of games but I also think that he is the biggest candidate to see how this break that nine day break you guys were talking about because when you're a goaltender your timing is so important and when you're not in that rhythm you have so much time off Sometimes it's hard to reclaim that. So if Vegas is able to kind of get after him early, maybe topple his confidence a little bit, maybe they're able to uh, make good on a few more shots than they had originally thought. By the way, if you had Lindsay saying Jean Sebastian Jaguar on the show today, that was fifty to one. So congratulations and cash that ticket. Yes. Hey, when you talk, when you talk, I love Jiggy getting Jiggy with it. Take me back to the day. Uh, Florida 
is the slight underdog right now, plus 110 at BetMGM. Does that surprise you just considering the beast that they've taken out? You think about Boston, who set the points record, the Canes, who had the second most points in the NHL. Are you surprised at this point that they're not they're the hotter team, that they're not the favorite team? Not really, I, but to be fair, like the Golden Knights haven't been favored in multiple rounds either. I think it is. I think they were they were barely a favorite versus the Winnipeg Jets, and then everybody picked Edmonton and and Dallas to beat them. But you know, the, the Florida Panthers are a team that did not get into the playoffs by their own hand. They did not play well this season, and I think it's because you had uh, such a big roster change with Matthew Tuchuk. It's been great for them, but. With that, you sent away Mackenzie Weger, one of their top young defensemen, and Jonathan Huberto. That was a huge part of their offense. They changed under Paul Maurice, their new coach, and become much less rush-reliant. And so it takes a long time for these teams to make adjustments. But let's not forget that they won the, the President's Trophy last year. And so yeah. you, you have that element of failure with both teams that I think is so necessary for you to take the next step into winning a championship like this. We've seen that with Tampa Bay. We've seen that with, with Washington. Did that for years where they would lose in the second round of the Penguins and then they were finally able to get it done. But Florida plays a really hard brand of hockey and they force you to, to play to their physical nature. And sometimes you're able to just knock your opposition off enough that they, they aren't able to reclaim their game in time before Florida takes theirs. And so I, I'm not shocked just based off of how much they had to claw into the playoffs. I mean, Really, the, the galvanizing factor for this team wasn't Paul Maurice. It was Matthew Tuchuk's dad, Keith Tuchuk, NHL legend, calling them all soft. And then all of a sudden they went on a tear, and then they beat the best team in hockey, and then they beat the other team in hockey that thinks they're the best team in hockey, that, but they're not in the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> and so they, they have this, this, this chugga, 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 chugga attitude, and I, I'm sure they don't mind one bit that they're underdogs. I think it probably serves their narrative even more. Lindsay is a Caps fan that has been in Washington for quite some time. I uh, really wish you wouldn't bring up all the failures they had over the years. So I'd like to thank you for that, for drumming up all the pain. Well, it was uh, we'll just rip it. those Caps off. It was off worth and... it for one shining moment. <laughs> it was. Let me tell you something. I never thought I'd ever cover a championship parade, and I did. And, I, and then I got to cover a World Series parade. So I'm very grateful the DC Sports curse was lifted. But man, year after year to the Penguins, it was just absolutely brutal. And we've watched. Other teams certainly go through these letdowns in the playoffs over the years, and we've watched teams not just like Florida, but others that are lower seeds make these long runs in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we talk so much now, and rightfully so, about what the Heat are doing and how they got to the NBA Finals, because you don't see that very much in the NBA. Why do we see that more in the Stanley Cup playoffs than we do in other sports where these big underdogs just go on these big runs? Well, I think that's a great question. I think it just has a lot to do with the nature of hockey versus basketball because I think hockey besides soccer is the most fluid sport, right? You, you, not every, but nobody has control of the puck. Like when you're playing basketball, it's passed to this guy. Then I have the ball and I'm going to pass to this guy and then I'm going to go up for a layup. Like there's a high level of intentionality, even to the point where if you don't have the ball, well, you're going to be at the top of the key, then you're going to rotate off the pick and roll and then you're going to move into this spot. Hockey is not like that. You don't, you have, Ideas You have set plays. You have routes. But that puck just has a mind of its own most of the time. And with that comes a, a, a leveling at this time of the year. And there's a different brand of playoff hockey, right? We always talk about the playoff hockey is different. Because if these guys were playing the way that they are now for 80 games, they'd be dead. But when you, when you have guys that are willing to take skate to their face, that are, are playing 40 minutes a night in overtime, that, that are – 
know, getting IVs in. There, there's a different level of, of sacrifice that goes into it, and I think that lends itself to chaos. And that's what hockey playoffs are. It, sometimes these teams get there without rhyme or reason. I mean, in the first series, the Golden Knights were – I don't don't get me wrong. The Winnipeg Jets were were, were all right. They were, they weren't great towards the end of the series. But what got Vegas' scoring going was off of broken plays, like a puck where you'd shoot it and it blocked down, and the Golden Knights put themselves in position to collect it and shoot it right away. Like that comes by by the body leverage battles by being in the right spot and also having that space to be able to work and shoot that right away. But those are all those things have to go right just for that one guy to have that shot there and he has to, ex- has to execute. And so I-, I think that's why you see random teams like you know, the LA Kings uh, just over 10 years ago in, in 2012, they were the eighth seed when they were still doing the one through eight seed and they went up to Vancouver and, and swept them. And, and they were able to, to secure their first cup, and that was largely on the back of Jonathan Quick, who happens to be backing up Aiden Hill for the Golden Knights right now, along with so many other players on this roster that have won Stanley Cups. And so it's kind of how many guys do you have on there that have notes on how to handle these things when these if there's a bad loss, if there's a big win, you gotta st- you can't get ever too high or too low. And so it's about riding the waves, and, and hopefully you get one more bounce in your favor. The crazy thing is how good the Knights have been, not just this year, but since they've been the Knights. I remember being in Vegas, staying at MGM, and they before they even had their expansion draft or whatever it was, it was they were plus – you could get them at plus 10,000. And it feels like it was just like a oh. sucker bet that year to win the whole thing. And my buddy put five bucks down on – and then eventually when they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, hedged his bet and went back to Las Vegas on that money. So – they weren't supposed to be that good that quick, but now we look at it, where are we, five, six years in? They've made the playoffs every year but one. Second time they've made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. How is this organization so damn good? Well, I think, first of all, they fleeced everybody in that expansion draft because they hadn't had the expansion draft in years. and That's where, like, Seattle kind of got hosed a little bit. They have to go a different way because everybody got smart. And Because you think about, like, what the Florida Panthers gave up to the Golden Knights. That was Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault pretty big players for the Golden Knights organization, part of the original Misfits. I think Jonathan Marshall is the leading scorer of this organization, or the Minnesota Wild were also part of that police where they got Alex Tuck, and then they signed Eric Holla because they wanted to protect Matt Dumba, and then you have the season that you did in that first year that starts in the preseason where the community comes together around that team following the shooting of October 1, and then just goes on this magical run where uh, they just take everybody by surprise, and you have you know, the revenge game after game after game. And so I think when George, when, when Bill Foley, the owner of, of, of the Vegas Golden Knights, saw what this fan base turned into after that first year, he's like, we got to go for it. We got we to gotta go for everything. And, that, and that's what their MO has been. And sometimes it's come at the expense of some of the most beloved players in this organization. Like Nate Schmidt had to be let go, had to be traded up to Vancouver in order to make room to sign Alex Petrangelo to a big-time contract in that offseason after he won the Cup in St. Louis. Marc-Andre Fleury had to leave to make room for Robin Leonard, uh, who, who hasn't played on this team this year because he's had sh- uh, shoulder surgery in addition to other things. And, and so they had to make additional moves on top of that. And then they had to send a uh, big-time part of their lower lineup, Alex Tuck, and a big part of their future, Peyton Krebs, to Buffalo, uh, for, for Jack Eichel, but they go out and get there. Like, we need a number one center. There's a number one center. And, and the Eichel situation is kind of unique because he had that surgery and, and Buffalo didn't want to do it. And so it was just kind of a, uh, an end to a mean for, for both organizations. But I think this, this club is not afraid to ruffle feathers. 
and they're not afraid to go out and get what they need. And, and I think in the hockey world, conservatism is, is rampant, whether that's in messaging, whether that's in marketing, whether that's in the way that people conduct business. And so they're a disruptor. And when you're the disruptor, you're going to just have more chances to, to get better because you're simply taking more shots. Talking to Lindsey Brown, BetMGM tonight. Speaking of Jack Eichel, I mean, he had plenty of quality chances last round. He just really couldn't capitalize on him. Snake bitten, as a lot of people would say. Uh, he's plus 550 to be the top goal scorer in the Stanley Cup final at BetMGM. Is there a chance here that he gets those opportunities and actually able to put them through this time around? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think snake bitten is a, is a kind of a reductive way to describe what Jack Eichel's been doing because Jack Eichel has taken a, a different step in his maturation this year. I, I, I'm never going to say that he's a better player than Connor McDavid. That would be blasphemous for me to say. But I think right now he's a more complete player. And I think that's what Bruce Cassidy has done for him. As I mentioned, that top line that includes Ivan Barbashev, Jonathan Marchessault, and Jack Eichel centering it, he's setting up a lot of these plays. I mean, would you like him to shoot more? Yes, especially with how gifted of a shooter he is. But guess who everybody is going to key on when, when you're the opposition? Probably number nine. And so that's where you, you need him to defer. You don't want him shooting into shin pads. You don't want him taking lower percentage shots. And, and he's dedicating more of his game, his energy, to be a more complete 200-foot player. And that is invaluable with how gifted of a skater he is. He's so smooth. His legs are so long. He doesn't lose a lot of speed in transition. And so when you have him bought into the level that he is, and not just focusing on creating offense to, to jumpstart his confidence. That's really where that adjustment's been made because he's always been a goal scorer. He's been an anointed one from Boston for a very long time since it's probably he put on his skates. And so you start to gravitate towards, well, the only way that I can feel good about my game is scoring goals. But I think with this season, with playing guy, with guys like Mark Stone, like Alex Petrangelo, all these players that know what it takes to, to get to that next level and to be a better complete player along with Bruce Cassidy, has allowed him to take that step and find confidence in other ways, whether that's setting up Jonathan Marchessault with a really good play or getting back in the back check and, and breaking up a pass uh, that would have otherwise gone back door and potentially in. Like he, he's able to grow his game in a more holistic way rather than just relying on the fumes of on the rush scoring or just scoring in general. All right, Lindsay, only got about 20 seconds here, but how many games does this go and who wins? I, I'm picking Vegas in six. I've, I've seen different things from them. I picked them once I saw game two of the Dallas series where they basically got run over the entire time and still were able to pull it out in overtime. I'm like, this is, uh, this is, the, this is the group. They're going to win it. And I think they win it on the road because they've been clinching on the road all playoffs long. Yep, you and me both. I like Vegas in the two. Lindsey Brown, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one.